Hey everybody, welcome to Believe, Go, Conquer. I'm your host Sykes. Today I've got an amazing couple on. I think the world of these two, I love these guys to death. Um, I met these folks uh, through doing Brazilian Jiu Jitsu in Jackson, Ohio. And uh, over the last five or six months, I I've developed a great relationship with these two. Um, they have amazing stories about their life, about, you know, living the way that they wanted to live, finding faith, and then being people that just serve others. And, and that's why I wanted to have you guys on today. So I'd like to welcome uh, Kate and Marty Jacobs. Welcome to the show today, guys. Thanks for having us. Awesome, yeah, man. Excited. Glad to have you on. And, uh, you know, so I guess just, you know, it's, you guys are so intriguing, man. People love you. And I don't know, maybe you already know this. Wow. <laughs> maybe you already know this, but people do, people love you. And uh, you guys have such, an attraction factor to you. And I don't BS people, man, but there's just, it doesn't matter. You walk into the room, it becomes a better room because you guys are in it. So how does that happen, man? What's, what's, what's the secret sauce you guys are stirring, man? What's, what's going on? I, uh, I heard, a there's a minister I like to listen to. He was telling a story about this, this older gentleman, this older minister who is very well known and has uh, has a school and has all these things. And he talked about the first time this guy came to the church that he's a co-pastor at and, uh, you know, just how excited he was to meet this guy. And, you know, I was talking to the head pastor, you know, if he gets a chance, he'd really like to meet him. And he talked about when he met this guy, he said, and he started tearing up, like crying as he's telling the story. He said, he made you feel like you're the only person in the room. Mm -hmm. And when I heard that, man, that so impacted me because it's, you know, there's just something about just celebrating stuff that's in other people, like getting like authentically excited about things that people are passionate about. And uh, I don't know, there's just something about us that like, doesn't matter where someone comes from, it doesn't matter what their background is, like, there's things that you can see in a person that they're passionate about or whatever it might be, that when you when you acknowledge that and get excited about that with them, I mean, who doesn't want to be around somebody that gets excited about the things that you're excited about, right? So I'd say that's probably a big part of it. Exactly, man. And, that, and that's kind of my thing, too. It's like I've always found it more interesting to be interested in others. I don't need to talk about me so much because huh. I know my story. Like, why do I need to say it back to me? I would rather be interested in, in who you are and what you're doing and then, and then celebrate that because it's new and it's fresh and it's exciting. And then I can celebrate all the great things about you and your life. So that that's more interesting to me. That's why I'm, I'm may be sometimes misconstrued as nosy. It's not nosy. I'm genuinely interested. Heck yeah. Man. And, and I think, and I think the world can use a little bit more of that of people just saying, Hey man, who are you? And, and how can I be there for you? And how can I lift you up and build you up? Sure. That's, that's, that's important to me. So, I mean, you guys, seemed to be cut from the same cloth, but you didn't grow up together, right? No. 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 Very different. No. I, I grew up in the suburbs and um, a very middle to upper middle class area. 
and I'll let Marty talk about where he came from, but we, we met in an unlikely way. So it's just kind of funny being from, like you said, cut from the same cloth, but grew up very differently and from two very different worlds. That was kind of the joke when we first got together is because people would say, oh man, you guys are so much alike. And in reality, we're very different. Like we're very concerning personality profiles. We are actually opposite personalities. Yeah, we're very different personalities, but it doesn't it doesn't seem that way. And so, you know, Kate's, you know, from a suburban area. I'm from like the Southern Ohio river rat area. Like I grew up on <laughs> you know, 50 acres out in the woods, me and my brother just running around. Like we had a big pond out there. And I mean, we would, you know, depending on where you're from, like swimming in a pond might be normal. You know, for other people, we're like, wait, you swam in like a, a body of water that wasn't an ocean that <laughs> it wasn't full of chlorine. chlorine? No, no, there was algae though. So I don't know if that's anything that helps. But we didn't have woods. We had parks. You could go to the park and enjoy a tree. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it was, you know, we didn't have free sprawling nature. Yeah. So like we grew up fishing and you know, catching crawdads and making them fight in buckets and things like that. So it was uh, two very different upbringings. And that's what's funny is, is when I tell people where she's from, they're usually like really surprised. Yeah, well, I mean, it's very, you get a, people are stereotypical about it, you know, because it's like, oh, it's like this well-known, uh, oh, it must be like, you must be a big time, like uppity, you know, person and i'm like no like you know it just i grew up there and of course i've uh acclimated very well to where i live now <laughs> <laughs> you know and that, that's interesting because I, I i find that um and maybe i'm making a judgment by saying this statement but like you know judgment's easy it's really easy just to look at someone and go yeah that right there um but that's why it's important like just circling back to what we said to getting about being it, genuinely interested in finding out who people are because it's not typically what it seems. No, yeah. it, and it's not. So, um, you know, that's a lot of people. I, I wear a lot of hats. You know, I do podcasting. I do jujitsu. I'm a business salesman. I do training. I've been in, in rock and roll and, and played in bands. So depending on who knows me from certain parts of my past, they see me in this one light. Sure. Yeah. Yes. And, and so many of those people don't know who I really am and what I'm really about. So I have these people over here that will see me in one way. And then these people over here will see me in another. So it, I think it's kind of human nature to do that. But what really transcends, you know, relationships with people is when you really say, you know what, I'm just not going to look at you and say, oh, I think I, I, I'm a profile. And I think I know what's going on. It's kind of like I approach it with a beginner's mindset. And I'm like, who are you? Yeah. Yeah. I really want to know. So, so, you know, with you guys being that different, how did it happen? Like, how'd you find each other? It's mm, a great story. You want me to tell it or you want I'll, to tell I'll, it? I'll start it and then you can just yeah. jump in. Um, so, so coming up, growing up, I was involved in um, some youth outreach ministries. And then later on, I got involved in a biker ministry. And it was really, it was really impactful. It was really good. They would build motorcycles and take them to different youth prisons. And that was kind of how they would draw um, the kids out. And you could talk to them about bikes and you could talk to them about careers. And, and we would talk to them about Christ and, you know, trying to get their life on a different path. Obviously they're in youth prison, so they need to start making some different choices. 
Um, but with this biker ministry, we met some mutual people. Uh, we lived about two hours apart. And so we met some mutual people. We, we, we had like mutual people that we knew. But Marty was playing a show at a bar with um, a band that he was in at the time. And the lead singer of his band had recently become a Christian. And so he was asking, and he knew people in the biker ministry. And he said, would you guys come to this bar and just be there with me and like make sure, make sure that I, you know, keep it straight. But I'm still in this band and I have this commitment to do it we were like yeah you know we'll, we'll come with you and all that kind of stuff and marty was there as um another member of the band i was and uh you know up to preface this you know we were playing you know metal you know hard rock style of music i had long hair back then down to almost my rear end so gorgeous <laughs> what, i mean look at it what can yes. i say right and uh it's just funny like sitting back thinking about like i was and i was young because let's see i was probably i was 17 because it was before august and my birthday is in august and so like i was 17 years old you know i wanted to be a rock star here i am with my cut off pantera shirt my long hair my big you know thing of skull in my lip you know lightly uh intoxicated from various substances we might say and you know i end up meeting my future wife that night I had no idea so they were out at the bar and our singers like like here we are the other members of the band like who are these people and our singers like oh this is the biker ministry i told you guys about and we're like well, this is weird and uh, <laughs> so he's introducing us and that's the first night i met kate and never would I have thought that night that I was going to marry no, that girl? No, yeah, it was like it was a there was a process. No, yeah. so it was not love at first sight. No, no, no. no. <laughs> in both directions. Yeah. No, <laughs> I thought, what is this weird group of biker ministers doing at our show? And she was probably like, I mean, I it's hard to tell what she thought, or maybe she thought, man, I'm a, I love that man already. No, Wasn't that, no. You know, yeah, I mean, you, no. you weren't on my radar. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that was kind of nasty. So I'll just be honest with you. It's hard telling when I showered last. You know, I was kind of skanky. Yeah, yeah. You know, that, that's quite all right. So I, I, I find that neat. And I always think it's neat how people find each other because you know that's. And I have a similar story that I've already told before that's real similar like that with my wife. But um, you know, so you did this like so. From there, what was it like? If you don't mind me asking, was it just like, hey? Skanky, can I get your phone number? Or was he like, Man, were you there? hey there, biker yeah. Yeah, I know. Or hey, biker girl, like, uh, let's get acquainted. Like, like how, how in the world, though, like, did you, did you, like, meet up at another show or some kind of an event or how'd that happen? That's exactly what happened. So our singer, basically our singer started preaching to us about Jesus, about the biker ministry, and the whole time we're like, dude, this guy is crazy. Like, what the heck? This came out. <laughs> they thought left. he went off. Well, this came out like from my from our perspective at this moment, it's like this came out of left field. Like, what the heck? You're gonna talk about Jesus? Like, is this something you're trying to get us to be convinced that you're sober now? Like, I don't understand. Well, they convinced our guitar player to go out to this event. And next thing you know, at the very end of this event, he ends up, you know, praying to you know be saved and ends up, you know, stopping all the stuff that he was doing as far as, you know, drinking and, and various other things. And so now both of them are preaching to the rest of us. You know, at the time, 
See, the guitar player and the drummer were twin brothers. They were my cousins. And so all that's left is me and the drummer. And it's like they're preaching to us, like (laughs) going on and on. And like, you know, again, like I'm like 17 years old right now. Like my mom is like coming out to shows with us. And like, these are her nephews. And she's like, I remember we had a conversation in the kitchen one day. And she goes, what do you think's going on with these two? I was like, mom, I, I don't know. I don't know. She goes, you think they're in a cult? And I'm like, I, I don't know what it is. I don't even know what that means. Like, what do you mean? Are they in a cult? I, like, I haven't seen them wearing any weird robes or anything. So, and uh, they ended up, you came to just one more show, right? So I think so. Cause we, we had gotten booked to play X Fest. And so I don't know if they still do X Fest anymore in West Virginia. Cause we, we had a really good relationship with X 106.3. And so we finally gotten the chance for X-Fest. Now we were like one of the first, if not the first opening band, we didn't even care. And I remember it's like, man, this is it. Like this is, you know, we're Seether's the main band there, um, you know, Crossfade, Dark New Day. You know, we're like, man, this is amazing. We're getting to go back to like the backstage area where all the bands are eating. And like, there's the singer for Crossfade. And, you know, there's all these guys. And, uh, it was probably so the the biker ministry was there so you know they came out to that event so the second time i met her and it was probably the next weekend the guitar player and our singer i just had enough and i was like i'll tell you what i'll come to church with you guys one sunday and i thought if i go to church one time and i said all right i did it they'll leave me alone right right, right right and so and the weird part is is I really didn't want to go because I feel like if I go, something's going to change. Like there's a part of me that knew deep down that, because the other part of me was like, well, I'll just go. So they'll get off my back. There's another part of me that was kind of like, uh, I just kind of knew like something was going to happen. And so I ended up going up there, a little tiny church in Grove City, Ohio. And uh, I got just radically just impacted by Jesus. And you know, stopped drinking, stopped partying. I mean, completely changed my lifestyle, broke up with the girl that I was at it with at the time. And uh, it was nothing, it had nothing to do with her. It had everything to do with me because, you know, at that point I was, you know, sex, drugs, and rock and roll. That was what my life was about. And at that point, it's like, man, I've discovered this whole nother perspective and purpose and, you know, no one told me to do these things. It's like all of a sudden this, this conviction, this conscience of mine awoke and was like, you know, this isn't right. It wasn't because people were telling me yes or no. And so as a result, we started going to that church that her and that biker ministry was a part of. And so we started doing ministry events together. And probably about eight months later, like I just remember being in the church one day and she was taking pictures I remember looking over and like, this is going to sound terrible, but like up to that point, I was not really like even thinking like that I was attracted to her. Like, I don't want that to sound weird. Like it wasn't even like it was an option. And one day I was like, you know, I could marry a girl like that one day. <laughs> and then all of a sudden it was like that little idea stuck. Like, you know what? Katie's kind of cute. Like, and I mean, one thing I mean, was, it was just like at the beginning, the nature of our relationship was just more of just uh, acquaintances slash friends slash like we do events together 
um, you know, you guys are coming and doing music, we're coming and doing, like, you know, whatever else ministry-wise, but it just wasn't like, and then like he said. Yeah, that's so cool, man. And I, I, I found, because me and my wife were like that. We knew each other for like, we worked together for like eight or nine months before we had dated. Yeah. I believe there's, personally, there's some real value in that. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of folks, and I'm not saying it's right or wrong. It's different for every person. But I found so much value in learning to enjoy and be friends with my wife before sure. she, she was my wife. So, you know, and I, I, again, it's different for different people, but, um, that's something I think that, that carries a lot of value. Again, it comes, and again, that circles right back to the beginning again, being interested enough in other people, genuinely interested and yeah. find out who they are instead of just take, you know, profile and taking them at face value. Oh, well they're good looking or oh they have a good job or, yeah. Oh, they're a little bit witty and funny. Don't get me wrong. I mean, that's fine, but to really take the time to go beneath the surface and, and say, who is this person? And is this someone I want to spend time with, like genuine that's, time with through the it. good and the bad and, and the easy and the hard. And when you can answer that question, honestly and resourcefully, man, there's so much magic in that. Oh yeah. And if you don't want me asking, did, is that kind of the way you, you felt like, I, I, and that's, that's the way I felt. And you know, I, I, I wouldn't, I've never called myself a like deeply religious, but I very, uh, very strong in my f- faith in, in Christ in, in God. Did you find that it was that your path with it? Did you find the same way? Like you, it, it was that t- time to get to know. And as you spent more time getting to know him, like it was, Hey, this is, this is definitely for me. This is, this is my life. This is who I want to spend my life with. How, I mean, or maybe it wasn't, I don't know. It's different for different people. How, how was that connection with you guys with Christ? I mean, I think that's really cool. This is such a good question. It is. Um, well, I, I grew up when, when I was a young child, we were actually going to Catholic church. And, um, and I'm not saying this is by any means everybody's experience with the Catholic church, but ours was very, um, just a ritualistic um, approach to, the, to faith. Um, it was just all about get up, get dressed, get the nice clothes on do the program, stand up, sit down, go up, you know, get the cracker. And I, by, like I said, I'm not saying that's everybody's experience with, with the Catholic faith, um, but it was it was ours. Um, we were more of a, an Irish Catholic brand. So there was like church was its own thing, but then home life was just its own total separate, just a separation. There wasn't really any, any talk or idea of faith or relationship, or like you said, developing a knowing of Christ outside of this 60 minutes a week right here there it is um so as soon as my older brother and i were old enough we kind of formed an alliance to quit going to church (laughs) as soon as we were old like you know we could stay home and watch you know like watch ourselves like you guys can go well and then you know my dad was happy to chime in and say oh i'll stay home with the kids um so and and my mom kind of she was um in the bell choir and all this kind of stuff. So she's, she soldiered on, you know, for a little bit by, by herself. Um, but I would say by the time we were, uh, seven, eight, nine years old, somewhere there, we were, you know, totally, um, out of church and through circumstances later on in my life, I became a Christian, um, on my own at a young age. So like 12 or 13 years old, um, I, 
I became a Christian in my bedroom at my house. Um, a friend of mine had turned me on to a Christian radio station, and they were always, they would do, you know, do music, but they would do these just little little snippets, you know, about accepting um, Jesus in, into your heart. And um, I was just at a place that I that I needed something in my heart, you know, and it, and it was Jesus. And so going through that process as a young age and then growing up in it, it's, it's kind of funny. Marty was even mentioning it earlier today, but um, I, I really didn't, like, after I became a Christian and, like, was just very focused in ministry at the time and then kind of circling back to when we met, um, I, I really didn't have any thought of, like, I'm going to get married soon or, like, I didn't really care if I ever got married. I was kind of just, like, uh, you know, I'm in youth ministry and, like, maybe I'm going to do missions and, you know, travel and which, I mean, those are all good things, sure. you know, and not, not to take away from anybody, you know, who did that, but God obviously just had a different plan for us, but, you know, kind of going back to what Marty said, where he was like, you know, I just had this moment where I looked at it and I realized, I think I kind of had a similar experience because I was just not, I just wasn't thinking that I was going to be getting married. I was a freshman in college yeah. when we met. Um, and so, yeah. Yeah. And it's, you know, my experience with relationships before her was a completely different, you know, perspective. Like, I'm a young teenage boy. Like, my relationships were based off you know, the physical aspect of being in a relationship. You know, that's all I was interested in. And then all of a sudden, I have this radical experience that changes my whole life. And it's, you know, and then I, you know, Kate and I look at, you know, potentially dating and I don't know what it's like to be in a relationship without that being the main part. And so our faith was the center of it. Like we, we wanted to guard that because for, for me, my relationship with Jesus meant everything. It meant my sobriety. It meant, you know, I had dealt with depression. You know, there was a point in my younger age where, you know, I ended up in King stars for three days for trying to kill myself. Not like, because I injured myself so bad, I was really bad at trying to kill myself. So it wasn't because of that. It was because, you know, the, just the mental place I'd become, you know, at that point. And so I dealt with all those, you know, not to mention, you know, starting to dabble more and more. I mean, all my, all the people that I ran around with were a lot older and here I am, you know, drinking and smoking and they're like, you know, crushing up pills and snorting them and shooting them up their veins. And so, you know, the progression was coming, you know what I'm saying? And so I, uh, you know, my relationship with Jesus meant my sobriety. It meant all those things. And so like, I knew that that physical part of a relationship outside of marriage for me and, and before God was wrong. And so when we got together, it's like my relationship with God is more important than that. And then when we like really like started dating, it's like, well, this could be the girl I marry. Like, I don't want us to, you know, potentially jeopardize that. And listen, I know plenty of people that were intimate before they had, they got married and they have beautiful relationships. Sure. You know, but for us, the priority was honoring God first. And so, you know, we dated, what were dating and engaged two and a half years? Like two years. Yeah. yeah. And so we had made a, a commitment, like, we are not going to be intimate. Like I did not see my wife, in her underwear before we got married. You know, we didn't even kiss on the lips. Now we had a couple pecks on the cheek here and there, but, and, and we're not saying like, I know people, 
that swap spit and have amazing, amazing marriages. But for us, and especially for me coming from where I came from, it's not like, oh man, you know, Marty and Kate are like holier than now. It's not that at all. <laughs> it's about that we recognize our weaknesses. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like if we were locking lips, I'm going to tell you right now, I wasn't going to be thinking about Jesus. If you know what I'm saying? Of course. You know, and so <laughs> it was absolutely the center of our relationship. And like you said, as a result, because that physical part was not part of it, she was my best friend. You see what I'm saying? Yes, and that's yeah. what allowed the foundation of friendship to be built because you weren't you weren't spending your time being physical together. It, we were spending our time developing our yeah. friendship. And and that's like you know, going back to jujitsu. So, you know, that's where you and I met. Yeah. Well, I was there for the first classes and I was like, man, this is amazing. And see, I immediately was like, Kate, you have got to do this because <laughs> part of it is, is it like, I enjoy being around her. Like yeah. I want her to be involved in anything that I do that could potentially interest her also. Cause I, I love hanging out with her. She's before she was my wife, she became, you know, my best friend. And so what's cool is like you said, like our relationship is built off of our friendship. Like we, like, it's funny, like people make the jokes about like, you know, whether it's going on hunting trips or whatever, like whatever to get away from the wife. But like for <laughs> us, like all, we want we to be like, that. we enjoy <laughs> being around each other, you know? Yeah. So it's definitely a hundred percent. Like our faith is, is a result of why our relationship is why it, you know, where it is. That's so cool. I mean, in, in, and I'm kind of paraphrasing here, but like, you know, it's, it's one of those deals where, and that, that was my experience too, you know, closely along them lines, there had to be something bigger than us. Sure. Me and Mindy, there had to be something bigger than me and her. It, it wasn't just me and it wasn't just her. It was about, you know, people call, oh, so the relationships are 50, 50. It's like, no, man, it's a hundred, a hundred. Yeah. And, and it's, and it's one of those things like there had to be something bigger than us, mm. you know, and, and that came, you know, from, from God that came from becoming on, I love something you guys said about being best friends. That's the way me and Mindy are. It's, we are best friends. We just, I'm saying, well, I don't want to really do anything without her. Mm. I love to include her in anything I'm doing or at least make that offer. Sure. Yeah. Um, so it, it's just, it's, 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 I just think that's a, a success dynamic, mm -hmm. you know, is when you can, you can build upon something, believe in something and build upon it that, that can help give you that common ground first, because none of the rest of it matters without that. Yeah. It's, it's, it, it's uh, like building a house, you know, you can put up walls and ceilings, but you don't have a good solid foundation, yeah. something that keeps you anchored down. You don't really have much else. It's just a house of cards. It's going to blow over in the oh, first oh, stiff breeze. A hundred percent. And I'll tell you too, it's not, you know, don't, you know, people watching or listening, like don't take it as a misconception. It's not an issue of, I want my wife to do everything with me because I want to know where she's at all the time either. You know what I'm saying? Because people do like that. There I, is. I've, I've, I've had a lady friend say to me kind of like, well, everything that he does, like, well, but when we were doing powerlifting, he's like, she's like, he doesn't do anything that's like your, you know, that's like your thing. Um, but I'm like, well, you know, that's not true, but I'm doing it because I find an enjoyment in it mm -hmm. as well. I'm not just doing it because he's doing it. And like Marty said, he's not just keeping yeah. tabs on me. But when you, when you're doing something, even if it's not really your thing, if you're doing it with somebody that you care about, 
you can find an enjoyment. It's our thing. In it, and sure. It, and it can become your thing. And keep in mind, too, not, not like... Is gonna, I mean, if he goes hunting in the woods and it's cold, I'm not going. Yeah. So, we, so like, there, you know, I draw the line. I draw the line. I'm not sure. Gonna, I'm not going to be cold. But at the same time, like, don't, don't get it mixed up. Like, there's times that, like, you know, I go do things with friends or whatever it is. And same thing with her, like... You know, there'll yeah. be times where it's like, hey, can you watch the boys? You know, my friend. And it's like, oh, heck yeah. Like, go. Because it's it's not like, oh, we got to do everything with each other, like a codependent thing. Because part of what, no. it, what was very attractive to me about her is how independent she was. You know what I'm saying? Like a strong, independent woman. Like she didn't she didn't have to have me around in order to be who she is. And so, you know we enjoy doing things with one another, but at the same time, like I know, like she, like she has, you know, I mean, gosh, friends from all over, you know, just like I do that. It's like, if she has the opportunity to go and do something, she doesn't, you know, have to bring the kids, you know, or something like that. Oh, heck yeah. You know, go and enjoy it. But we, we do like, we enjoy just being around each other. And, and that is, that's important to, you know, you put yourself first as a team yeah. together and of course, when you're a team, sometimes you have your personal things that you do, your own, you know, ambitions and ideas and, and aspirations. But ultimately, is it good for the team at the end of the day? Is it something, even if you're doing it separate, is that that time you need over here? Is that right, the time right. you need over here? And when you can do that, you know, the rising tide raises all ships. So mm -hmm. if, 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 if you're feeling good about life and you're feeling good about life, that just makes you better as a collective team. Mm -hmm. And, and so that's, I think that's a big magic in relationships. Um, and it's cool that you guys do a lot of that stuff together. Um, so coming of circling around to jujitsu, yeah. obviously you both enjoy it. You're both good at it. Um, was it what you thought it was going to be when you got into it? I'll, I'll say no, because when Marty was like, you know, you should come do this. I'm like, that's really not for me. I like there is there is a certain level of awkwardness to get past because at first, you know, you're all just sitting there watching a lesson. And then five minutes later, you're this close in somebody's face. So you have to overcome that. But I thinking back to like my you know lives coming up and stuff, I was never like a sports person. I was I was more like in the in the art club. And I just, I didn't, I, I kind of tried to be on sports teams, but I would be the person to be like, should I go to practice so I can play at the game or should I go home and get a nap? I, I'm nap, I'm going to nap every time. Like yeah. a nap is going to win. Um, you know, I had a really good work ethic in middle school and high school. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, actually grades wise I did, but just, I, I guess I just never had that motivation for sports. And so to me thinking of jujitsu, I was kind of like, well, that's a, that's kind of a sport thing. Um, I don't know if I'd be interested in that, but I, what I've really gotten out of it is as much as jujitsu has been for my body and for health and for learning practical self-defense, sure. um, just mentality and mindset thinking about it's, and it's not, a, some people might think, Oh, you know, you're going to have this big ego with jujitsu and get in there and try to like beat people up, but it's really just about learning and if you have a, if you kind of think, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm a winner, like in here, not to sound kind of cheesy, but like, if I'm, if I'm a winner in here, no matter, no matter what happens on the mat, I'm just there to learn. 
And so when I, when I go to class, I just feel like, okay, like we all won, like the team, the whole, you know, the team won every single time. So it was a very different like sport sports mentality than I, than I had like when I was, you know, growing up and just, and maybe that was just a more immature way of thinking about things. But I think for jujitsu, it's more like we're all a team and we're all like learning together and growing. So it's just made me have a different mindset of, it doesn't matter if you can get tapped or if you're like having a bad day, as long as you're progressing and still doing it, you're, you still won. Yeah, kind of like a relationship. It's again, rising tide raises all ships. If you're there to serve others, that one of my favorite things about it's the relationships. Honestly. Oh yeah. I love, 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 love. Like you guys in many of the others there became like my extended family, like for real. Yeah. I never knew that you could meet people in such a short period of time and have that, that bond and that connection. I like, think because oh, yeah. you're doing something physical together and you're learning together and you're all in that process together, it really, breaks that it breaks down those walls because and, and there's a lot of trust in jujitsu you have to make sure like that you're you know don't don't hurt your partner don't you know and and talk to them communicate and see what level you know of aggression they want to use in their comfort with so it really does help your people skills because you have to really communicate with the person you're working with yeah was it what you thought it was going to be when you got into it i had been saying for a couple years like because i my brother and I had done karate when we were really young and I always regretted stopping it. Cause when you're young, especially him and I, like we would get involved in all kinds of different stuff and then we do it for a while and then we get bored and then we move on to something else. And I'd always regretted like that was one thing that I wish we would have stuck with. Well, I had said for years, if there was one martial art I got back into, I'd love to do jujitsu. Cause I love the idea of being able to do a martial art where when you're actually sparring with an opponent, you can go, you can get after it if you both want to and still be safe. And then when someone taps or someone gets submitted, you kick back, you, you sit down and talk about it, then you can go right back to it versus, you know, the different striking disciplines. If you're going to go a hundred percent, you know, there's a risk of someone getting a concussion, getting knocked out, you know? And uh, so I knew I want to do it. And I actually, had already been talking to someone that was going to our headquarters location about potentially going and visiting it. And then all of a sudden there's talk about their opening a branch location in Jackson, like literally right behind where I work. And so I'm going to be honest with you. The first class I was like, no, so I'm good. All in. I just didn't know I'd become as obsessed with it as I became. Like, I mean, I very quickly like, one of my buddies who became a friend through the gym who also started doing it, our relationship became that much tighter. And it's like, Hey, do you want to go in on mats? Like, so that we can like drill and roll outside of class. And it's like, yeah. And so I had literally have videos on my phone of us 5 AM in the morning, out back of the gym, propping lights up to be able to roll before he's got to go to work or like, you know, getting a pop-up tent so when it rains, we can still roll out in the yard, <laughs> you know? I mean, like, and it's, uh, I knew I was going to like it. I just didn't realize I would love it as much as I, you know, I mean, I've already done two tournaments, you know? Yeah. It's not, it's weird. It, it's so, uh, it can at times be so gratifying 
to your self-confidence and in the blink of an eye mm -hmm. can just absolutely crush any kind of pride that you have. And uh, man, it's, it's, you know, I, I think too, you have to have a long game mentality because otherwise it could be so easy to cycle through feeling like you're doing really well to all of a sudden it's like, dude, do I even know what I'm doing? And realize that it's just, you're going through cycles, you know, of yeah. learning, of acquiring techniques and then being able to implement them. Um, you know, it's, man, I just love it. I don't, I don't know what you want me to say. Like I, you know, I drive people crazy. Like the moment I think like there's a glimmer in their eye that they would want to talk about anything potentially possibly leading back to jujitsu. It's like, Hey, so neon belly, right? Yeah. You know, <laughs> it's, uh, it, it is a very, in a positive way, it's a very addicting and intoxicating craft. I was the same way. I didn't think I'd love it the way I did. I thought I would really like it. And I love it more than I thought that I would love it. And I feel like if I miss one practice, I'm missing something. And I'm like, what did I miss? Oh, man, I really wish I was there. So I, it's, I, can, I can relate to you guys in that way. Um, it's kind of neat how all these things fit together. Mm -hmm. um, we talk about relationships it, it, and we talk about jujitsu and it all kinds of lead, it all kind of leads back to the faith that, 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 that accompany, accompaniment of, of God and Christ and like, and how it's just, it all funnels to that in my, in my opinion. Yes. Uh, you know, some of my listeners may disagree or, or and that's okay. I, I'm a very live and let live person, but whatever it is you believe in, I think it all leads back to that because if you, if you, if you're really, if you're very faith-based in your, in your being resourceful and you're putting your best foot forward and you're trying to live a life of serving others and being the best person you can be. When you illustrate all these things we've been talking about relationships, jujitsu music, if you do it in the right spirit and, and you hold yourself accountable and you continue to try to, to do more and be more, learn who people are, learn about things. Don't just judge things at the, at the face value, but just really immerse yourself in, in learn what something is and, and learn how to embrace it in a resourceful, positive way. You know, all the roads kind of lead back to your faith on it. I mean, I, I don't know. Do you guys have any ideas or whether they're the same, different, or, or kind of, you know, what is your experience with that? Because that's kind of the way I am. I just always go back to like, man, you know, I, I'm just, I, I'm a big gratitude guy. I wake mm -hmm. up every day and before my feet even hit the floor, five things that I'm grateful for before my feet even hit the floor. First things, thank you, God. I woke up, you're giving me another chance to do this awesome thing called life. And then I don't go over it too much. It's just like, what's the first four things that's on my mind? I'll beat myself up if I don't think of my wife and, and my daughter. Like mm -hmm. sometimes it's them, but sometimes it might be like, I've got food out there to eat or, oh, wow, man, I can go out and look out the window and see nature, whatever that is. What, what you guys' experience with that? Do you find that it, that it all kind of comes back to the pinnacle of your faith? Well, I like what you do with your gratitude because it's not just about finding those big things to have gratitude for, but it's about finding that whole spectrum, you know, the big, the big things. And then like, you know, just to be able to enjoy a beautiful day outside. So, and, and everything in between. So I think that's a really positive outlook on gratitude. I think for me, tying it to my faith and bringing everything together as you just did so beautifully, 
I have victory in Jesus Christ in my, in my heart. And if, and if I have that, I'm, I'm not a victim because I have victory through Jesus, not through what I did. And like Marty was talking about in jujitsu, your pride gets broken down when you're serving other people, your pride gets broken down. So it's more about when I have God in my life, that enables me to be a better wife, a better mother, a better teacher, a better friend, a better sister, because I'm keeping him first and putting up, putting other people first and sharing that victory. Like you talked about when, when Marty and I walk into a room, when we walk into a room, we're not just walking in by ourselves. We're walking in with Christ and with hopefully the light of Christ shining through us and, and onto other people and serving people and loving people. Yeah, man. Wow. It's powerful. It's, uh, you know, all streams come from one source in our lives. And, you know, it's, it's easy to get tied up, you know, whether it's your career, you know, whether it's your relationships, you know, whether it's stuff, but then as a result, if something happens to those things, don't get me wrong. Like, you know, there's legitimate, terrible things that happen to people and, and absolutely, you know, there's a healthy mourning period, regardless of what the situation is, but life continues to go on, but God is unchanging. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And so, you know, I think back to a conversation, Kate and I have done a lot of prison and jail ministry. And I remember being in front of these guys at our local jail. I have a lot of fun with those guys. And, uh, a, a guy had kind of piped up and he said, you know, our crutch was drugs. Your crutch now is just Jesus. What's the difference? And I said, ah, I said, not quite. I said, because when I dealt with addiction and people that I know that have dealt with addiction, the problems of our lives, especially when it comes to ourselves, our own character issues and flaws, addiction is like putting a Band-Aid over cancer. You might not see it, but it's still there and it's still growing where with walking with Jesus, Jesus confronts our character flaws. I don't know a person that's really tried to follow God and has stayed exactly the same because that relationship forces you to self-reflect in a way that's not self, you know, demoralizing, but allows you to see yourself from his perspective which is one of a loving father saying, I want, I want to take you on this journey with me. I want to make you a better person. And it could be as much as, you know, feeling guilty about the way that you've been speaking to people. It could be as much as feeling guilty about, you know, maybe, you know, you've been, you, you're someone that's apt to lie to get out of situations, whatever it might be. And suddenly you feel this inward conviction but it doesn't matter if anybody knows or not. It's not about that, but it's about me living before God in all times, in all places, in all ways. And as a result, I decide to live my life from that perspective instead of, oh, I'm this person when I'm with this group of friends. I'm this person when I'm, you know, at church or, you know, with this group of friends, but that you, you know, you become that the same person all the time, because that relationship is most important. And like Kate said, it, it flows down from there. Like, you know, I'm going to be the best husband I can be to her because when I'm not, 
I feel that. I feel that conviction. I feel that. And that's, you know, part of what's made our relationship so good. We're very quick to apologize to one another, like authentically apologize, not like I'm trying to bring the peace to the house. So I'm going to say, I'm sorry. But like, you know, yeah, it's like, daggone it. I, you know, maybe I wasn't wrong in everything, but I was wrong in the way I responded. You know what I'm saying? Because this person means more to me than these words from this brief interaction. You know what I'm saying? So that's powerful, man. It's so powerful. And that's, that's some of the things I teach my students, um, you know, in, in my listeners and my, and, and try to share with my friends, you know, our society is taught so much about indirectly kind of subconsciously about how we, it's, it's so easy to blame and shame. Oh yeah. And, and it is, it's, it's cheap and it's easy and, and it doesn't lead anywhere good. Now I understand when you're in that habit because there was a time in my life where I kind of got off track and I, I was kind of like that, like, well, not me or, you know, all the circumstances were bad or this wasn't good or that, that all oh, wasn't my fault or uh, I couldn't help it. What I've learned and I'm that's why it, and it sounds like, you know, what you guys are saying here, it's there's so much strength and self accountability. Absolutely. Yeah. There's so much strength in it. It's and when you learn to build that into your life, it's so freeing mm. to just look at someone and be like, I screwed up. I'm wrong. Yeah. I, man, I made a mistake and I'm sorry. I, to me, it feels good. It feels so good. And it's mm. so freeing in my heart to, to just look at someone and say, man, I was wrong. Mm. I screwed up. That's really difficult for people to do, generally speaking. Mm-hmm. And so that's that's one of the things I like to encourage people to do. It's like I know it's maybe a tough habit if you're not used to it. Please get out there and 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 just you know, it's and not the about- person on the other end will love you for it. They will love you for it. I mean, I, I'm a school teacher, and I would rather I would rather just have somebody flat out, I didn't do it, I didn't get it done, than listen to a thousand excuses. Yeah. And I mean, same thing relationship wise. I mean, whether it's a friend or whether it's you know Marty, I would rather the person just come and say, you know, yeah, I did this. Don't don't make excuses for it. Yeah. I think, I think that's so much more genuine than trying to, like you said. It is. I think shame. people and people as human beings, we just we just want to know the truth, and, and we're built for that. And I and I and I attribute so much of that to Christ. It's like we're built for truth. It's we're supposed to tell the truth. That's how we're built. And anything else is just so. It's like going against the grain. It's just counterproductive to, to who we are as human beings. And, and it's so, so I just think that's so important, the level of accountability. It's not like just taking the blame. It's not about blame and shame. It's accountability. You know, and some people will be like, well, what's, what's the difference? Oh, you're taking the blame for it. It's like blame to me is a point of view. It's like, oh, so I say I did this and that. I'm assuming you're looking at me saying, yep, you did it. Instead of the, just the accountability portion, like, hey, I screwed up and I'm wrong. And you saying, man, you know what? I understand. I have faults, too. How can I help you? What can I do to help you get better? And, and that's what I love about you guys, too, because you guys are so much about that. I mean, you're a school teacher. You're a personal trainer. You guys both do ministry. You live a life of service to people. If you think about that, you're not, there's nothing about you that takes, you come to jujitsu, you share everything you guys do. And I know it's a bit, bit of a, a nominalization, but it's like, it really is. It's everything you guys do is about service to other people. 
And so I'm answering my own question now about what your attraction factor is, is that you guys are unselfishly serving other people. Yeah. It's, I always go back to, you know, looking at Jesus, the person that we're trying to follow. And before the most dramatic part of his ministry, when he was going to be captured, you know, put on trial and ultimately crucified, he sat and had the Passover meal with his disciples. And here's this man that these men have given up their lives to follow their livelihoods, their reputations, you know, whatever it was to follow this man. And he's, you know, been teaching them and saying all these things, some of them they're understanding and some of them, to be honest with you, they're not. Um, they, you know, sometimes they were good students. Sometimes they were not so good students. And, you know, he sits down and he washes all their feet and shows them through his actions that the greatest call of any man is to be a servant to others and not one of, you know, going back to like what you're saying, the blame game, you know, sometimes people won't love you for coming to them and apologizing and taking ownership. But the difference in taking the blame and taking ownership is when I take ownership, I now know what got me in that position. Because if it's blame, it's circumstances that did. It's things that were out of my control. But when it's ownership, somewhere along the line, my actions or responses to a situation put me in this situation. If I don't want to get back there, I can find areas in those interactions that were my part. And as a result, I can change them next time. It's one of the most empowering mm -hmm. things we can do because it can feel so much like our life is spinning out of control. Don't get me wrong. There are things outside of our control, but there's always things that are within our control. And as a result, when we can, when we realize that and we quit trying to find all these things to start blaming for, you know, our financial situation, our relational situation, you know, whether it's our current career situation, whatever it is, and we, when we quit pointing fingers and start saying, what can I do? Like, really, what can I do? Like, not, you know some mamsy pamsy sound good self-help statement, but like, you know, whether it's with your job and saying, you know what, I know I've got a bad boss and things like that, but am I really doing my job well? Or am I a subpar employee? Like, am I really going in there and really trying to do my best, you know, or whether it's in my relationship and is it always take, 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 and I'm really not giving to it. You know what I'm saying? And so, you know, I, I 100% agree is, you know, by no means are we perfect. You know, we sure. fall short all the time. And, and we're some of the first to believe that. And I, and I believe that's a big thing. And what I look in when it comes to a leader is are they willing to publicly talk about their mista own mistakes and use those as teachable moments? Because there's no good leader that's ever not made a mistake. Um, but no, they're and there's just something, there's just something beautiful about serving others. Because here's the thing. One day we're all going to face death. We're all going to leave this earth and pass on into eternity. And all the stuff that we gathered, all the cool things. No wrong. I like cool things. Sure. I like cool stuff. Absolutely. I'm a musician. I have all, I like jujitsu. Like I have all kinds of things I'm passionate about. But one day, none of that stuff's going to matter. And I believe the most important things that we'll carry on from that side to the other 
is the impact that we have on the lives around us. So it's the most invaluable thing that we can do. And sometimes those are things that are like seeds and we'll plant, you know, we'll, we'll have interactions with people that maybe we don't see any kind of good come from it in the moment, but just like a seed, you don't see what's going on underground. And, and later on, whatever that, whatever that was brings forth that life. And, uh, you know, that's where, that's where it's, I believe the ultimate call of all of us is to learn how to serve others. Because if, if we are willing to do that, it stops being about me and it starts being about others. What can I do for others? And listen, we can't, like we all can't, I cannot go out and save the world. But what if I am able to have an impact on just a couple people in my lifetime? And then if you're able to do the same and you're able to do the same, like that's how communities are changed. That's how cities are changed. Um, but it's, it's not an easy thing to do. And it tends to be going against the grain of what's normal, what's marketed towards us. You know, yes. think, think about how you're just getting into marketing. Like we're both like a sales is a big part mm -hmm. of my background. Sales is a big part of your background. Sales tends to be selfish because it's all directed towards the observer and then getting something for themselves. Now, sometimes it's starting like get this for your wife or get this for your kids, but it tends to be like, because you're going to be the Mac daddy when you do, right. you know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah um, so yeah, man, that's a mic drop. I don't even know where to go from there. <laughs> <laughs> no, but for real, it is, it is. And, I mean, there's just so many lessons in there about, you know, and one of the ones I talk a lot about is, you know, fault versus responsibility. It comes kind of comes back to blame versus accountability, that fault versus responsibility. It's like saying something is your fault, you know, fault kind of has implied blame, but then like, oh, somebody has to be at fault. We have to find fault here. Somebody has to, but responsibility speaks to lessons and correction and, working to get better mm. and and so so i just kind of want to go back and illustrate that point because it, yeah, i'm really sharing that belief of that of, of that same thing and, and also another thing like you talk about serving and i can't i can't really add much more that's better than in my opinion than what you guys said but you know i've never met a man or a woman who felt terrible or was discouraged about serving another person yeah. i've never seen it i've never seen someone do something that money can't buy genuinely yeah. serving another person. And I'm like, I feel terrible about this. Yeah. I don't think that that's the, there's two things that are not possible. It's like, kind of like, you can't be like in, you can't be loving and hateful at the same time. That's too long of a bridge to cross. They're just too far apart. Um, so, you know, with that being said, it's, that's why I think service is so important. It's it's an undeniable truth that when when you serve others, that, that something good comes out of it. Mm -hmm. Nothing bad can come out of authentically and genuinely serving another person or a group yeah. of people. And it, it's it, it's just the kind of life I want to live. And I'm so glad that I'm I, I share a piece of get to share a piece of that with you guys, and and that you share that back with me because to me that's what makes the world great. Is, is sharing in these experiences 
and the more you do for others without expecting anything in return, the better it becomes for all. And then that just again, as I've said three or four times throughout this podcast, it circles all the way back to the beginning to what we were talking about mm -hmm. and, and about how, you know, the lessons of you know being friends first and discovering who a person or a thing or a craft or an idea is right. for what it really is versus what you, the ego based side of you wants to believe and actually being humble and open and respectful to say, not what can I get from this, but what can I become because of it? Mm. And I, that, that's so super powerful. But, uh, you know, I, I th again, I think the world of you guys, I love you guys to death. Um, so I, I don't know how to go about that. I know you got a podcast, Marty. I know, I know you're just really starting to get in the thick of it. Um, but how can people out here find you? Like, you know, whether it be yeah. your church, whether it's your church or whether it's your podcast, you know, personally, just however you'd like. I mean, how can people find you and follow you and, and learn more about you? Because I, I'll tell you, the world's better because of you guys. And, uh, and I just, if that's okay, I'd like to share you with people. That sounds really awful when I say it that way. It's weird. <laughs> it's weird. But that's a really You're horrible way. Yeah, it's yeah. kind of weird, but uh, no, but for real, I just think you guys are great. Um, but just as how can people like know more about who you guys are? Um, I mean, you know, we're on social media, you know, Marty Jacobs. and Are you in there, Kate Jacobs? Yeah. I know, I'm sure. It's been so long. You know, we don't have MySpace anymore because MySpace, you know, is basically dead. That, that dates us all, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, so. <laughs> um, And then as far as the podcast, you know, because you're one of the people I want to have on there. Um, is the state strong podcast so state like s-t-a-t-e and strong s-t-r-o-n-g and it's available like a, it's on youtube um along with you know apple podcasts you know spotify and a couple a lot of the other major um podcasting apps and, and it's there's a lot of similarities into like what you do with your podcast and there's a lot of, you know there's also differences um and the you know that would be a lot of the main stuff i mean you can find you know, whether it's us talking about the church that we go to or the ministries that we're involved in on our social media accounts. Um, and then, you know, also with me being a personal trainer, I, I talk about my business on there also. Um, so, I mean, I, that would be the best way to really, you know, contact. So I'm sure we can send you uh, link information too. that way. Sure. If it's, you know, want to put it in the notes or something like that, you know, or maybe it just suddenly pops up over our heads that's pretty that's pretty fancy those though. those those are that's pretty, pretty that's pretty fancy yes. i don't know and those things can be done uh, they're already done oh there we go well, yeah, that sort of thing so thank you guys so much for coming out and doing this day i am just i'm so grateful to have you guys in my life and it's just the beginning yeah, yeah. so we've got so much more to do and experience and learn from each other as time goes forward uh, but any final thoughts from you guys that you'd like to share uh, with the listeners before before we head out? My first podcast, and they couldn't even tell. They didn't even know till just now. Professional. Yes. <laughs> Consummate professional. I'm not sure I believe. No, no, yeah, no for real. You're, you're awesome, Kate. You, you, you guys have been great. How about you, Marty? Anything? Mm. Words of wisdom? Um, let's see. I don't know. Don't eat yellow snow. You know, poop stinks. 
for the most part. Don't pick your butt on a bumpy road. Oh, dang. <laughs> I've never heard that one. Well, now you have. See, I'm, I'm going to keep, a, at, I'm I'm keep a, at mine. Maybe you shouldn't pick your nose on a bumpy my road. Sage road my sage wisdom is you coming know, out right at the end. I like that. I'm going a, I'm to a steal that. <laughs> no, but hey, thank you guys again so much. Uh, for coming. Yeah. Oh, you're welcome. I and I'd love to have you back on again at some time when we can just we can talk about anything because I, I don't uh, We didn't even talk about us playing both of us playing music. That's a whole nother well of Yeah, stuff. so of interest, yeah, and, and you will go into that and that'll kind of keep to that, do a follow up. That that is good because we'll have to maybe just do it on that and just to kind of keep you guys hungry and hanging. Me and Marty are both uh, longtime musicians and have played some, you know, some pretty big shows and stages. So we'll have to dig into that a little bit, and uh, as we go forward, here's some but, old war stories. Yes, yes, uh, yeah, definitely. But uh, hey, everybody out there, you know, as I'm as I'm always telling you, you know, be kind to yourself, be kind to each other, be that Vita Bellator, be that life warrior. And go out and just do these things that you learn on this podcast. I really just want to provide terrific value. Um, and if you can take a little bit of this, if you can come and light your candle at this flame, please do that because your life matters. You're totally worth it. And uh, anyone who wants to share in the spirit of it can go out, believe in themselves and others, build upon skills and techniques and ideas and conquer their fears and dreams. So everybody go out there. Get at it. There's still some daytime left. There's still a lot of good things that can happen today. Believe, build, conquer, and have a great day. Take care, everybody.